Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2016. Did you guys have a good night last night? Yeah, okay. Uh, thanks for coming to the greenhouse today. We're going to have something a little bit different to what we normally do. It's a live recording of a podcast. A podcast about science and about uh, comedy and about And welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better. Yeah. It's a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I thought we were at Woodford. Yes, we are. Are you sure? I think so. Because I heard that Woodford was an embracing and loving community <laughs> oh, of people. Hugs. And these people could not oh. be more spread out if That's they right. were a gas. That's it. <laughs> That's true. Like, there are people in the back row. I want everyone to yeah. count the, the row that they are from the front. Yes. And then oh. divide that number in two. Yes. And then move to that row. Oh, they're not going to do it, Dan. Yes, they are. Well, they... This guy's going to lead them off. Yeah, this guy's gonna... oh, hero! Go. Look at him! Yeah! Oh, well done. Oh, thank you very much. You don't need to do this, but I'm the good guy. Yes, they Dan. do. Look, look. These guys at the back. Oh, well they're, done. Look, this lady at the back, she's shaking her head. That's not the Woodford <laughs> spirit. <laughs> You should say, Dan, Dan, what? Stop it, stop picking on people. No, maybe, well, let's move a seat even further back. A, is that, <laughs> well, maybe we should just move and do the whole podcast from, from the center. I, I'm going to go down there, actually. All right, all right. Go. All right, here's the podcast, we're down here now. Welcome to the, oh, she's pregnant. Oh, now we feel bad. Now I feel bad. Oh, you, oh. I hope she's pregnant. I hope you just. Oh, no. You told me, you said, never say a lady's pregnant unless a baby is coming out. I'm of not her. even going to make eye contact with her now. Okay. Stare at this point the whole time. All right. Now. I'm so sorry. Often people come down to this, to this tent and they're like, oh, just I'll sit quietly and I'll listen to someone speak about one of the many interesting topics that are being spoken about here. That's not how this goes nope. down today. Nope, not at all. We're recording a podcast. Yes. And there is going to be some silliness and there's going to be some playfulness. You may have noticed. And, and if you delight in it, mm. we know that yes. your usual way of delighting in something, because you're smart and you're interested in science, to sit in your seat and go... Do this. You go, hmm, oh, yes, well done. Oh. I see what you did there. Very troll. Um, you're very... <laughs> mm. <laughs> look... Look, Clarkerson, okay. they're very clever. Oh. Now, we can't record no. you looking like you're having a good time. You have True. to sound like you're having a good time. True. You have to fake it. So, fake it. Number one, I just want you to shake it out. Just shake it out a bit. This guy with the coffee, you're exempt. You're okay. <laughs> Don't. Unless you need like a frothy latte. Okay, so shake it out a little. Shake it out. Okay, now I want you to practice some laughing. So yes. first, just... Just a, just a, just a Ooh, giggle. Wait, don't, don't go, don't peek too early, madam. A murmured, rippled giggle throughout. Yeah, so on the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. I like the, I like someone going, ha, 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 ha. Like the, that's how you laugh. That's I saw how, it written in a book. That's how a human being laughs. Okay, now I want you to up it a little bit. So uh, a real chuckle, a real chuckle. So one, two, three. <laughs> nice, nice. Number three, I want thigh slapping. Thigh slapping Yours funny. or someone else's. Getting close. Maybe this is your chance to be like, it's the last day I can finally make physical contact with that amazing human being. I'm going to slap him on the thigh in a very friendly gesture. On the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Up. I think that was pretty good. That was a, a nice start. start. A good start. Oh, this guy's still laughing. It's awesome. He won't stop. <laughs> he needs help. All right. Now that's pretty.
pretty good, considering <laughs> they were given no yeah. uh, imperative to laugh. No, no, no. For us just Two idiots on stage. So well I reckon when they, when they introduce real laughter oh, into yes. their fake laughter stuff, it's really going to pick up. It's the core. But who are they possibly going to be laughing at this or delighting true. in? We have other people who will be coming to stage. We have experts in their fields, ladies and gentlemen. Will you please put your hands together for Dr. Cassandra Perryman? Dr. Greg Watson and Natalie Bohensky, who will be here as take a seat as judges. Mm. Judges. Hang on a minute. What's judges. Being judged? What's being judged? That's the good question. What we want for today, we want stories of mm. science from you, the viewing public. That's now, right. I want you to sit there in the audience and I want you to think of a science story that maybe you could tell or maybe someone sitting with you could tell. Maybe it's something that actually happened to you in science class when you were just knee-high to a grasshopper. That's right. Maybe well, Maybe you decided when you were young to like go to the supermarket, buy every single packet of sparkles in the place, yes. take it home, wrap it around a thing, get all the dust off, mash mm. it up really fine, go out to a beach in the middle of the night and then set it all off at the same time. Which we do not... Own, which we do not what? We don't... Uh, we don't... I just... Just hypothetically... <laughs> saying you should do Just that. hypothetically. It, it makes an amazing white light that you can see from space. But anyway. I've read. Pardon? I've read. I've read, I've read. allegedly. Yeah. Alright, so you're thinking about it. You go, oh, no, I do have that story. I think. Or maybe, oh, my partner's got that story. Give him a little elbow and go, you should tell that story Slap about that Slap them on the time. leg. Give him a good leg slap. slap. The... No, see, it all ties in. Alright. Now, while you guys are building up the confidence, trust me, when you come up here, we're going to make you look great. Which we, we can <laughs> we compared to us. Yes. <laughs> so we are going to have this demonstrated how yes. to tell a science story. So we're going to get our guests to tell a very story to help us get all in the mood. Now, to begin with, Dr. For science stories, yes. not like yeah, well, not in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Cassandra Perryman, you're a forensic psychologist at the University of Queensland. That's yes. very exciting. That's very, very, very interesting. Do you have a science fact or story for us? I hope so. Well, we, well, that conversation we had backstage will be totally wasted. <laughs> I, have, I have a science fact that could come with a science story, but we'll call it a science fact. Okay. Um, cannabis is addictive. What? And I know somebody in the audience just went, what, what, what? <laughs> Actually, like, like physiologically addictive or psychologically addictive? Physiologically addictive. Okay. Um, this is oh. because cannabis works on something called your cannabinoid receptors in your brain. Now, your brain is designed to take cannabis? What? I need to go somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's I could tell you many, many stories. Anyway. <laughs> Not about me. About, well, maybe about you. Come <laughs> on. Um, but, but cannabinoid receptors and, and cannabinoids working on cannabinoid receptors, well, cannabinoids also work on what's called dopamine receptors. And if you didn't know, dopamine is what plays a role in addiction. So anytime you have something that can then interact with a dopamine receptor, you risk addiction. Specifically, when it works on the dopamine receptors in what's called the dopaminergic pathway. Hey, Dop baby, you're looking pretty dopaminergic. Dopaminergs are sick. <laughs> so, because it works in that pathway, certain individuals who are prone to addiction are going to get addicted to cannabis. Now, I'm not going to sit and scare Mondry and say, oh, that first joint. Because, no. Thanks. 
thankfully, cannabis is not one of those sort of substances. It takes at least six, six or seven, eight, eight fifty, some, some twelve years, forty. So, well, yeah, that's the thing. Some people, it's six months of use. Some people, it's twenty years of use. That's the thing that makes cannabis interesting too. Is that we can't tell. We just know that sooner or later, we're too stoned at the time. <laughs> is that no? We're, we're not thinking too hard about it. But we're looking for that magic number. Was he looking for a 7-Eleven? <laughs> no, that's you, the problem. You get addicted research. to cannabinoids, and then you get addicted to the twi so twisties uh, afterwards. Yeah. But you're coming and going. Then you can't get out of your house. Then so you have to be airlifted out by a crane. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I'll scare you, and I'll debunk that myth. Cannabis is addictive. Excellent. There are people who require treatment, but I can't scare you enough to say it's addictive for everybody. There we go. Thank you very much, Dr. Cassandra. So that's what we're looking for. We've set the bar there. Now, what would we be looking for? When we judge it, would they be judging it? We would be judging of, was it interesting? Was it well told? And was it true? And they will give you a number out of 10. And the person who gets the highest score will earn this amazing game from Elbow Fish Games, our sponsor. This is Antimatter Matters. This is a game where you have to build an atom. So protons and neutrons and gluons and electrons, all sorts of exciting things. It's a really cool game. I own it personally, not this one. Uh, but I do own it. And it's a great, fun game to play. So it's kind of learning about atoms, but in a fun way. And I actually mean in a fun way. You know, go, this is a learning game that's actually fun, kids. You're like, oh, go away. This is actually a game where you might accidentally learn something, not a learning game, but you might actually have fun. So, yeah, that one. Oh, it's totally in the, in the vein of our podcast. Well, that's right. And the second one is also from Elbowfish Games, our wonderful sponsor. This is Jux. It's very small, very distance. It's a storytelling game uh, helped by uh, one of the premier skeptical thinkers in the world, Peter Boghosian. So Peter came last year to Australia and people really liked his talking. Look him up online. He helped make this game. So Jux is the other game you might win today as well. Fabulous prizes, not just acclaim from your peers. But now, our second judge, he's a real doctor. He's none of this, he's none of this PhD rubbish. Oh, <laughs> so, well, I see how it is. Nine years of my life. That's I didn't, I didn't waste it. That's your problem. So, so, none of it was putting fingers in people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Greg Watson, you are a neurologist. Uh, yes, yes. Excellent. So a neurologist has come along to help us out, thank goodness. Do you, do you have a fun, fun fact today? Yeah, I'm assuming we've all watched movies before. Yep, yep, excellent. Have you ever wondered in the movies when, you know, sort of the steely-jawed hero comes along and then he shoots everybody in the room, like everybody, and then he just kind of has to wave the gun magically near the person and they fall over? Mm -hmm. And have you ever wondered why do people fall over when they get shot? Because they're dead. <laughs> well, they end of fact! End of fact, yes. Well, thanks, thanks for coming. I'm out. It no. hurts a lot, I assume. You go, I've been shot, I'm going to lie down and cry. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt a lot. And I'm not saying you can't be shot and killed with the first bullet. Oh, thank goodness. But or if it goes through your and spine, then you uh, don't have to... You, you, <laughs> yes. you, come but up, sit down. I'm talking about the areas that don't involve spine, brain, heart, okay. your nuts. You know, those areas that you get shot and you pretty much fall over and have to think about things, you know? Ow. Okay. Ow. No one really knows for sure, to be honest, but there's a lot of evidence yeah, out there science. that people just fall over because they've seen other people fall over when they get shot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you're saying if I'm walking down the street and I got shot in the, in the arm, mm. so not in a fatal area, if I got yeah. shot there, I might fall over because I've seen people fall over in... Yes, and that's the expectation, so that you will then, you expect to fall over because you've been shot. Really? You do, you collapse and hit the ground. It's called modeling behavior. Yes. So, so really? Like <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not a waste of space. <laughs> 
what happens if you just watch the Terminator all the time? Does yeah. it mean that you can get shot in like the spine and the head and you're still like, yeah. I'll kill you. Yeah, but you're not Arnie and you're not liquid metal, so That's I'm true. not quite sure how. Arnie wasn't liquid metal. Oh, he, he is now actually spoilers, but you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Genesis. Don't watch it all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's quite fascinating. I mean, because there's all these historical accounts of people meeting new cultures that didn't actually have guns yep. and didn't know about guns. And so then what, shooting them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Hi, pretty, I'm here to do science! <laughs> Which is pretty much what we did to cultures down. that didn't have guns. Um, we basically <laughs> shot them. Welcome to the Americans! Yeah. So, <laughs> especially like the Americans in the Philippines versus the Moro tribesmen. Well, like These guys would come out of, the, out of the hills and they'd be wearing their coconut armour, which is just awesome. And they'd be geared up and ready to I love stand. the idea that they were just coming tra- dressed, like trans-dressed up. <laughs> like, hi! And then they're like, oh no, they're wearing coconut armour! No, 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 just... Imagine if you were, we're quite gender fluid here. It's fine. Yeah, yeah we're just you guys are such a killjoy. Or what if it was just all co- coconut halves all over your body? You'd look like a chocolate crackle. Like <laughs> 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 chocolate crackle. Welcome to the the, the Michelin Man of the past. These people with blunderbuss gone. What is it? Should I should I shoot him or lick him? Anyway, sorry. Go on. Yes. Yeah. So they're in the so, coconut armor. Funnily enough, coconut armor doesn't actually protect you from bullets. So they would. Fun fact. The American trooper go like, okay, here comes a tribesman. Bang. Go like job done. Oh, actually, no, hang on. He's still coming and he still wants to stab me. So they would actually have to shoot them maybe seven or eight times before they would actually drop them. So these people were obviously hyped up and ready to do some damage. But one bullet just didn't do the job. But nowadays, you see someone get shot, generally they will just fold over like a house of cards. Don't be a big follower of the crowd. Next time you get shot, just go, no, no, I'm not, not, out. Stop shooting me, it won't work. Quit it. It's not, I'm totally So you're saying they should be hipster gun victims. It's like, oh, I was standing up from being gunshot way before everyone else. (laughs) Shoot from the hipster? Oh. Up here. We're celebrating 100 years since the First World War at the moment. Celebrating? Commemorating. (laughs) First World War! Commemorating. Um, Sorry. 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 uh, Solemnly commemorating our fallen heroes. Mm, That's it. Um, it. But so all of those news photography images of kind of sped up soldiers in the trenches of the Somme, kind of running towards the German machine guns and being cut down. You're saying they were all staged for the film? They watched too much Michael Bay before they went to war. I think it was just to get out of paying taxes. I think it was a tax dodge. (laughs) But also they may have been horrifically killed at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was making a joke because a lot of those battle scenes were Oh, right. That's that's an exciting fact. I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. So hang on. I'm a history nerd. A lot of of war footage from the First and Second World Wars, they would restage. I I believe some of the stuff from Anzacs was kind of... Restaged for the film. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I guess it gives That's it away. Bonus fact. If like the enemy suddenly hears, okay, places, <laughs> action. And, okay, we should shoot them now. <laughs> they did that, that. That infamous flag raising. You see the picture of all the men. Oh, the American. Iwo Jima. Yeah. Yeah. That Iwo was Jima. done three times. The Iwo Jima. Yeah, yeah. Iwo Jima. Yeah. And you were talking to get the right. 
yeah. anyway. And Greg was talking about the Philippines, and I went to Manila last year and found out that the shot of General MacArthur returning, as he said, I will return to the Philippines, mm -hmm. had to be staged several times for the Life magazine photographer <laughs> the day after it actually occurred. Oh, right. And once because MacArthur kind of fell in the water as he was getting out of the boat. I will return. <laughs> I will return clumsily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never a good look. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you, Mr. Watson. Sure. Uh, Dr. Sorry, Watson, can I just finish Ooh. by saying that if you do get shot, it is a serious medical thing and please go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> good and advice from Dr. Watson. Thank you very much. And our final fact before we get you up, hope you're thinking, you're still thinking, you're like, oh, I, I've got some crazy stuff I can mention. These guys are making things up that are interesting. We're not making it up, but, you know, coming along. So finally, Natalie Behensky. Natalie Behensky is a journalist. I'm a doctor as well. And a doctor. I'm also a doctor. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm uh, just a time-travelling doctor. Oh, very good. Uh, the, the you, doctor. Look, you're a journalist no, and you're also the arts advisor to the Premier of Queensland. Yes, I am. You, you're it here to it. give a different perspective. Thank you very much. So, anyway, what story do you have for <laughs> us? Sorry, well, I was having trouble thinking of a good fact, and then and mine's also a bit medical, but I thought I'd talk about pasteurization, the process of pasteurization, because I thought, and this just shows, I think it's because the way I first saw the word pasteurization was on a bottle of milk, and so I thought pasteurization and Louis Pasteur invented pasteurization for milk. I don't know why I thought that. I think I just made the link in my head. But actually, it was in the middle of the 1800s when the French were having a lot of trouble with the wine they were exporting oh. to England. And England was complaining about the quality of the wine. It was off. Can I just stop you there just very quickly? So we have French making wine and English complaining. It's just lots of stereotypes at the moment. It it's really awesome. is. He didn't invent pasteurization for milk. Yeah. He invented it to make the quality of wine better. Bless your heart, Pasteur. So what happened was the Emperor Napoleon at the time, not the Napoleon, but one of the subsequent lesser Napoleons, got him because he was a local chemist and said, can you sort this out? We need to export wine because of Waterloo and we have no money, so whatever. And so he discovered microbes in the wine and he tried boiling it which made it taste even worse than when it was off. So then he conducted a lot of experiments to find the sweet spot yes. where you raise the temperature of wine, you heat it up to a certain level, and it will be enough to kill all the germs, but not enough to get rid of the taste. And that's 55 degrees Celsius. There we go. And then at the same time, or just a bit after, a German medical doctor called Dr. Robert Koch, I think, or Koch, Koch, perhaps, my German pronunciation. Fails me. Koch. Um, <laughs> it's it's K-O-C-H. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so I got that right? It is there, yeah. So he was in some little remote town in Prussia doing his rural doctor service, and he was super interested in what Pasteur had sort of discovered, and he went, I want to get on this. And so he got a microscope as a present from his wife Aww. and used that microscope to examine infected meat of sheep because all these sheep were dying around this little Prussian town and discovered the anthrax microbe yeah. and drew it. And so they've got sketches still of these little anthrax microbes and he identified, and that became then the dawn of, of germ theory which replaced what had existed, which was miasma theory, which is that bad air makes you sick. There we go. So many facts! So many facts! So, yeah. I'm just curious, is all French science based on wine? I hope so. It should be. Could you imagine, could you imagine when, he find, when Pasteur went, I've also done it with milk, and everyone went, we don't care! <laughs>
Well, how's the wine coming, Louis? How's, how's, oh, he's working on milk. But now. I don't know if anyone else thought that, but I always thought that pasteurization was I did. I thought invented it was milk. for milk. I would have thought it was and milk as well. Now, was okay, wine. but homogenization, that was developed by Homer from yes, by right. Iliad, right? Iliad, yes, yeah. right. Yeah, cool, right. Good. good, good, well, that worked out now. Okay, so you've seen what it's like, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to come up and give a fact, and you can win fabulous prizes. It's pretty easy. Now we're going to throw it to them, I think. Yeah. I think it's now. Who would like, get everyone, put your hand up in the air, everyone. Oh, there's a the kid at the back. Wait a minute, hang on. Everyone, I need everyone to put your hand up. Every person to put their hand up. This is not going to stop until it happens, ladies and gentlemen. Get your hand yeah, up. I, I see you. You're like, oh, good. get away with now, it. Now, slowly lower your hand if you don't have a science story. We've already broken that barrier. Excellent. Oh, wow, we've got enough people. you got science stories? Okay, I'm going to get that kid right at the back. Would you like to come up? Young sir, come on up. Yay. Well done. Yay, round of applause. Hello, does it slow that down? Hello. I was watching when you got that, that board game up, the yes. Animated Matters, his little eyes lit up like dinner plates. Hello, what's your name? Xavier. Xavier, hello Xavier. Round of applause for Xavier. <laughs> Xavier, come on, this is your mic. Uh, hang on, hang on. Oh, by the way, how do we know things are true? I'm going to be looking at the font of all human knowledge, which is, of course, Dan is... Uh, the Wikipedia. Wikipedia. So, yay. So feel free to donate money to them. That's right. Not to us. We have nothing to do with it. But we're going to be looking at Wikipedia. So Xavier. Oh, donate money to us too. Like, I'm good with that. <laughs> Throw money. That's right. Okay. Xavier. Xavier. Hello, Xavier. I'm Dan. Pleasure. Welcome to stage. This is the stage. Uh, how you feeling? Anxious at all? Confident? A bit anxious? Shake it out. Shake it out. This is fine. It's fine. Just shake it all out. Because... These guys, they all want you to succeed. Yes, yes. And if you don't, they're going to be like, oh, well, you went up first. <laughs> Braver than I am. So just shake it out. It's all good. It's all good. All right, now you've got a science story for us. All right. Right up onto the mic there. Okay. Just first give it a test because you've got to have a nice loud voice for it. So just say, hi there, my name's Xavier. Hi there, my name's Xavier. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, he already knows his name. Don't applaud that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know, molly, molly coddling. That's it. You don't need you don't need that sort of patronism. <laughs> okay. What do you got for us? What's your science story? What's the tallest mountain on earth? What is the tallest mountain on earth? Hang on, okay. I'll type it in. What? Isn't it Mount Everest? Is <laughs> it's not the tall Mount Everest. It's not, it's Mount, not Everest. Mount Everest. What? Oh nice. He dragged you into a trap. What? That's hang on. Put it. It's Mount Everest, isn't it? It's Mount Everest. All right, let's find oh, out. Oh, the audience just all went, no. <laughs> As if I was some sort of idiot. All right, uh, Xavier, put us out of our misery. The tallest mountain on Earth is by Unakia in Hawaii. What? What? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Typing into the internet. He's right! Hey! Kia stands 4,205 metres above sea level and is significantly higher than Mount Everest. There you go. Because it's coming from higher the... Higher or taller? Is that tight? It's uh, not higher. No, greater than the elevation of, of... Sorry, it's greater than... Hang on, it's the highest point in the state of Hawaii. Measured from its base on the ocean floor, it rises over 10,000 metres, significantly greater than the elevation of, of, of Mount mm. Everest above sea level. So it's taller, not higher. It's tallest, not highest. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It is the tallest mountain in the world. You are correct, technically Yay! correct. The best kind of correct. Brilliant. Excellent. We love this well the podcast. Done, well done. Let's go to the judges to see how you fared. I'm a sucker for an awesome kid 
who can remember any science facts. <laughs> and, you know, I'm also that kind of sucker who always wants to make sure the kid wins. Uh, no, uh, I mean... Yeah, I'll give you a nine. Nine! Nine! There we go. Look, massive kudos, Xavier. Great job coming up. Love the hairstyle, love the fashion choices. It's all looking really good. Science and fashion together, yeah. finally. I think he looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> and that'll get the kids in. Got to catch them all. So I'm also back yeah. with a nine. Nine! Yeah. Uh, now the hanging judge, Natalie Behensky. No, look, I was just going to give Xavier a nine on his aviators alone. Like, this kid has style. But yes, I will also go a nine. That was an awesome fact. Well done, Xavier. All right. <laughs> well done, Xavier. That's a good score. Back in the audience. Thank, Thank you very much, Xavier. That's it. Don't feel as if you can't... No, you're, you're done. You're fine. <laughs> you're, you're done. You're, you're done. Fine. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> Don't feel that you are defeated. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Yeah, come up and kick that kid's ass. Yeah. Crush a small child's dream. Yeah. <laughs> this dude with dreams. Do you want to come up, sir? Do you come? Okay, come on up, sir. Woo! <laughs> 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 I, I, the only reason I picked you is you want to crush a small child's dreams. Well done. So your name, sir? Zane. Zane. Xavier and Zane. It's, it's the end of the alphabet. Come on up, then. Welcome, Zane. Do you need to do a mic test as well? One, two. Nice. He's an expert. Expert. Oh, you're going to drop some fat beats? No, no, let's not do that then. Saying <laughs> <laughs> your fun fact. Okay, so what is the oldest surviving species that can fly? Oldest surviving species that can fly. It sounds like a joke. What would it be? I have no idea. Oh, wait, wait, I heard bees, dragonflies. Is it Madonna in a jumbo jet? Ah, could be, could be. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Oh, I know, and I'm a huge fan. She's I don't know icon. why I said that. Because you can. Would it be ants? Like flying ants or something? Flying ants. Uh, well, do you want him to answer or are you ready to tell us? No, you should tell us. You, you should, should tell, tell us and he's got a test. Yeah. Spiders. What? Oh, what? my God! Oh. Hang on a minute. Okay, fill in the gaps there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go fill in the gaps. What? Yeah, well, it's like one of the only things that spiders can do that Spider-Man can't do, as far as I know. <laughs> They'll just shoot the web up into the air, and if that web's long enough, then what's going to happen is they're just going to float away. And they can basically, like, yeah, go wherever they want. Oh, okay. Oh, is that flying or gliding, though? That's ballooning. Ballooning. It's called ball style. ballooning. Isn't that, that is amazing? I, I would be, wouldn't it be wonderful if Spider-Man could oh. do that? Just, oh. just Spider-Man hanging. Oh. That's terrifying. No, no, no. Spinnerets. It's okay. That's the thing. It's not gliding because they can change their direction in mid-air. What, How? By sending out, probably sending out so threads cool. left and right, like one of those no, steampunk what? air balloons that you see in fiction. Okay, it's in South America, blah blah blah. It can change its direction in mid-flight, steer in mid-air. I'm terrified. He's talking about spiders flying. <laughs> Just let that sink in. The spiders you have here in Australia, <laughs> flying. How complex oh, must those are. goggles be when with eight eyes? <laughs> like they look like a radar, Dijours. I'm not okay. 
I'm look. He's right. I can't. The, the one I'm read, the article I'm reading about it doesn't actually explain. It just says that by firing out different bits of web, web, uh, sorry, spinneret, uh, spinneret. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. It can change direction. So it's not gliding because he can change. It can change direction. I'm not trying to genderize the spider. It's point. ass propulsion. That's really weird. That's and that upsets me on a fundamental human level. Give Zane a big round of applause. Yay! That's disgusting. I hate it. I love it. Okay, Zane, that's let's find out oh. what your scores were. That's really I'm, weird. I'm not. That gives me a horrible feeling. That's right. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> Come on, bring it on. Well, I'm not nearly as kind to as adults. I'm, I'm not. Because, I, like I said, I'm ranked towards the kids. Interesting factoid. Disturbing. Ooh. Horrific. How, are, how old are you, Zane? Uh, I'm eight years old. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, look at that. I have three sons. I wow. can't stand a chance. Anyway. <laughs> look, he's begging on his knees. I am going to put, I'm going to put Zane, you know, because it is, it is fascinating, and he was correct, and it is horrifying. I'm going to put Zane at an eight. Eight. eight well done. Thank Beautiful. you, Zane. Well done. And he dropped some fresh beans. He did. He did. No, you didn't really. Yeah, um, look, that was, as, as my co-judge said, that's horrifying. In fact, uh, I have images of walking outside and just being covered in spiders. Uh, it's just not a happy thought for anyone. Really. Welcome to Woodford! <laughs> Fascinating thing. Uh, look, you know, you dropped some fat beats. I was pretty impressed. They were skinny beats at best. <laughs> Anorexic beats. <laughs> that was good. So I'm going to give you an 8.5. 8.5! And finally, Natalie. You know, Zane has such a lovely giggle and it just makes me think that he is probably not one of the people necessarily concerned about the relative addictiveness of cannabinoids, as um, <laughs> Dr. Cassandra was saying. Um, <laughs> that that is, is, that is dreadlock stereotyping, that is. It's not the dreadlocks, it's the pants. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's seriously the pants. Oh, man. There's some fair trade organic this cotton right not what he story about more okay. horror. We need a lady. Oh, there's a lady. You're a lady. Excellent. Are you a lady, madam? Hey, now, Should I ask that question? That's a dangerous I question. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you ask whether she's pregnant as no. well? No. Uh, I'm bad. Awkward. Cause, hello. Nice <laughs> human being. Hello. Your name is? Shireen. Shireen. Welcome Shireen to stage. Oh, Shireen. This is our stage. I'm Dan. This is Greg. Hello. These people are temporary. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get rid of the letter on. There we go. Thank so, you. you're feeling anxious or feeling comfortable? Um, actually, I feel anxious, and that's what I'm here to talk about. Oh, all right, check it out. So, check yeah. it out. Check it out. Oh, she's, she's got the colouring bumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not anxious yeah. about public speaking. I'm anxious about knowing this flying spiders. <laughs> so, for everyone that's now anxious about the flying spiders in Australia, I have a solution for you with that and all other forms of anxiety, and it is colouring in because neuroscience is now proving that the area of the brain that we use for anxiety, worry, what I call disaster dreaming, is the same area that we actually use for creativity. So when we're using colours and shapes, it actually reduces our anxiety. And in today's fast-paced, stressful world, a lot of us suffer with that. So, Are you selling a product? 
No. <laughs> so just get yourself some colouring in pencils, some paper, a colouring in book. There's a bit of a colouring in book revolution happening at the moment. Return to childhood. Be the kid again. Start daydreaming because mindfulness also proves, with the backing of neuroscience, that the brain doesn't know whether when we're daydreaming, whether it's a perceived daydream or whether it's real. So even when we're just, you know, daydreaming out in the bush, we can actually reduce our anxiety. Whereas, you, you know, if we're thinking about disaster dreaming about a saber-toothed tiger about to attack us, we're instantly going to go into fight or flight. So get yourself Or flight of spiders changing direction to get you. Well done. Well done. Well done. And our brains recent, so recent research by a doctor at the brain scientist at the University of New South Wales backs up your claim, this report here, in April of last year now, and also says here, I just thought... He said it seems, it seems to have some effect for depression, dementia, anxiety, and PTSD. There we go. There we go. Oh Thank you very goodness. much, Shireen. That's pretty cool. Thank I guess you. it depends what colouring book it is. Yes. Like, if it's, it's like, like balloons and clowns and stuff, you're like, this is great. But if it's like... No, clowns, it's not good. Clowns. Spiders, not on clowns? My, spiders on my face. Spiders on my face, the colouring book. <laughs> You, just, you get one of those dot to dots, you're like, The scores for that story! I give you a talent. Oh. <laughs> um, well, the colouring book revolution is a really Yoink. interesting one. Mindfulness comes out of ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. And um, the, our reactions to biological stress actually vary from person to person. So, one of the technicalities of the movement is that it, it is very much person-to-person -person based. So, so for some people, mindfulness is very effective. Um, for somebody like me, I am a mother of, of three sons. Um, coloring is the single most frustrating task I could ever try to undertake because I go to find that color to finish that picture and so help me it's not there anymore. <laughs> or all the pages are just pre-colored for me. Um, but that said, I'm also a person that mindfulness therapy is completely ineffectual. Same you say more about you now than about the therapy. <laughs> yeah, no. Just we out. have to learn all these things to do all these things. But for some individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder, it has been shown to be very, very effective in just calming, helping work through anxiety. So again, you know, they're cheap. Pick one up, see if it works for you. If it works for you, great. Interesting, psychology-based. I mean, I could sit and debunk half and confirm half. <laughs> Neurologist, he could sit and do the same. But all said and done, you know, if it works for you, girl... Color like nobody's business. <laughs> Go for your life. Score. I will also give you an eight. Eight, way! Well done. Yes, um, eight is good. Yep, eight is great. So thank you. It was a very interesting presentation. One of the, one of the things with anxiety is that it is, as, as my colleague here has said, very user-dependent on how what's effective to actually treat it. And that's one of the massive problems we face nowadays dealing with anxious people. How, how is the best way for them to get relief from their anxiety so they can actually plug back into the community as a whole and feel happy and productive? Mindfulness, the colouring works for some people, not for all people. So it's, it's all about finding what works for you and how, how it fits with your life and how it will actually improve your life. So thank you for bringing that up and, and showing it to us. I'll give you an eight as well. Thank you eight very much. Eight as well. Eight, eight, eight One more. Well, Shireen, and I love your name because Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> I have to give you a seven and only because I have bought a colouring in book and like, I can't say that it's been particularly useful 
Now, admittedly, it's under a pile of crap in my house and I haven't actually used it to colour in yet. But I thought that by the mere purchasing of said colouring in board <laughs> would endow me with a certain amount of stress relief just in the fact that I went, hey, I'm being proactive and buying this colouring in book. You, you realize to actually have to colour it in <laughs> seems like an extra bit of work because I had to buy the pencils and I didn't know what I was buying so I ended up paying like $20 for three metallic colouring in pencils and I just ended up feeling stressed. So I think for me, I have to, I have to give a seven until I can actually find the colouring in book and, and try it. Come but back thank next year, you. Shireen. Well done. I do need cognitive behavioural therapy. Thank you. Nice toss. Boom! Drop mic. Wow. That was a truth bomb. Thank you, Shireen. That's fantastic. That is the nicest way I've ever heard someone go to Natalie Bohensky and say, you need help, girl. You need cognitive behavioural therapy. You that one well. Well played. Very, very quickly, colouring doesn't work for me either. Only for, I can tell you the reason. I was in grade three. I'm colourblind, and I used to have to... I used, to have to, I used to have to colour in the outside of Australia and, you know, and make it blue, but I kept doing it purple because I couldn't tell the difference. And my teacher screamed at me. She was like, do it again! Why? And she'd say, why are you trying to make me angry? She was a very angry woman. And I was eight. And so even now I go... Ooh! Sounds like she needed some cognitive She did. She needed some colouring in. Anyway, there was a lady who had a hand up right at the start. So, yes, you, madam, would you like to come up? Yes, can you come up? Well done. Round of applause. Well done. Your name, Miss Claire. Claire, Claire. welcome to the stage. I'm Dan. Claire. So, oh, look at the stride. You, you look confident. You look ready to go. Well, she like, came from Planet Claire. Hmm? No. Thank you. Okay. If your name's Claire and you don't get that reference, yeah. oh, honey. <laughs> okay. All right, Claire. What have you got for us? Okay. So my story is about sexual deceit and how sexual deceit provokes ejaculation. Oh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. Okay. Where are we going with this? Let's go. Before you get too led astray, <laughs> I'm talking about orchids uh, and their uh, pollinator uh, being a native kind of like stingless wasp. I'm going to stop listening now. Oh, no, no, wait, no. I, I, wait, aren't oh. orchids named up the Latin for testicle? Is that right? I have no, no that's idea. avocado. Yeah. That's avocado. Avocado yeah. is a testicle. And that's, um, that's a really weird mistake to make, by the way. <laughs> no, it's a really good one. No, orchid bulbs. I'm sure. I'm not look that up, up too. I'm not, I'll look it up later. Let's do something else. <laughs> okay, so basically we've got some native species of orchids here in Australia and they're known as sexually deceptive orchids. And the reason for that is because orchids. they have only one pollinator and that's a native species of stingless wasp, but it's only the males that will pollinate the flower. And the reason for that is because the flower mimics being a female wasp in order to attract the male wasp. Oh. And so that male wasp is so fooled by the flower that it'll actually waste his sperm and ejaculate on the flower. Now, the whole system gets even cooler because these particular species of wasp, they can reproduce sexually, and if they reproduce sexually, the male and the female need to come together, and then they can produce male and female offspring. 
However, the female wasp can also reproduce asexually, so without a male partner, and in doing so will only ever produce male offspring. So when you think back to the whole orchid system, it keeps that system driving because the female is deprived of a male mate because the male has gone and ejaculated on a flower and wasted his sperm. <laughs> um, but obviously they it. still mate sexually, so we still keep the system driving that way. But th okay. So, so the orchid makes more boy wasps because they're the ones that are going to pollinate it? Well, in a way, because... It's oh, the females true. being deprived of yeah. a male. Yeah. Yeah. That fun. is brilliant. That's amazing. There you go. And it must be, one day if women worked out how to, human women, I mean, human women, worked out how to, what other women was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an open-minded guy, what can I say? But, but if, if women worked out how to do, uh, asexually reproduce, but we, anyway, doomed. Yeah, I um, would not be doing so much laundry. We'd, so we'd, get, we'd all get put in an island somewhere, I tell you. All We're right. really going to have to learn to do the washing up, <laughs> I think. Is only... If it is Claire correct. Well, I'm staring at a paper written by AC Gasket and other people called Orchid Sexual Deceit Provokes Ejaculation. And the abstract is exactly what you've said. Did you write this? Is this yours? Is, is this your paper? Is there a video link there? Maybe. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> yes! There you go. Jackpot! I found your paper. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was known as a sperm woman for a while. <laughs> Um, I've also got papers on praying mantis sperm. Oh, nice. The response that people have when reading the title of your most recent publication and how that response reflects their deeper neurological <laughs> state. Um, yeah. It was one of the biggest hit papers for that particular journal that year. Oh, oh goodness. No. Yeah, come on. That's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, of course it would be. You've got to have a catchy title. Because you'd be sitting in the dentist going, ugh, oh, boring. Whoa! Oh, I'm going to read the... Oh, it's all about the title. Oh, I learned something. Yeah. That's nice. It that is all about the title, isn't it, though? Yeah. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Okay, score. How, how do you even score that? Well, you have to. <laughs> That's your job. That's your literally okay, your one job. I'm staying strong, man. <laughs> I'm staying strong. Nah, no. 8.5. 8.5. 8.5. Look. Hey, can I just say, I reckon you should give it 9.5 and just really put him on the edge of the seat. Because <laughs> he's looking far too cocky up there. He's going, yeah, no, we'll see. No, I I can't do that. We've got we've got the cute younger one, younger one who looks hopeful. We, you know, I can't. No, 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 no. He's got no chance. <laughs> I just love the way you own the term the sperm woman. I, yeah. I think that's just remarkable. Oh. And uh, I just from my own personal experience, I remember once the first question a patient asked me once meeting them for the first time was, "So where is my sperm going?" Which is probably I didn't have an answer for that. It was like, "I'm sorry, sir, I don't keep track of sperm." Into a <laughs> tube sock? Sorry. Into a tube sock? Uh, he was having what they call retro ejaculation, so he's ejaculating uh, back up. Yeah, back up. Oh, yeah, it doesn't right. go to good places. What? Then. Oh. That, that is a thing. It does happen. Yes, that exists. <laughs> That's the yes, only response to that ever from a non-medical person. <laughs> okay. And we're like, oh yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. So look, for the paper itself, I'm giving you a nine. For the title, I'm giving you a nine point five. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, oh. Boom. Oh. Natalie. Oh, no. All rests on you, Natalie. Oh, this is me. <laughs> I mean, she's clearly like a trained scientist versus a kid who's pulling on the emotional heartstrings. This is not a fair competition. A, a 9.01 will do it. 
I, I, I found that up. I failed maths at school. Sorry, maths. Uh, look, as someone who is quite frankly obsessed with genitals, <laughs> mainly, she's in orange. Mainly Jon Snow's from Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, mainly Jon Snow. That's that explains fine. your Facebook but, post. Um, yeah, yeah. I love stories like that, and I wish I was still a journalist because I'd be like, oh my God, there's a journalist from Brisbane Times here, and I'm going to get him to try and find you and write a story about your paper. <laughs> Only because. That's your prize. <laughs> that will get a lot of clicks, believe me. Um, so, yeah, no, that was great. So, I'm going to give you a nine. Oh. Is, that, is that good or bad? Or a nine? Or a. Yeah. There's going to be a wrestling match. I think at it will the be. All righty. Thank um, you. You can tag in Dad. Much to Claire. I'm guessing Dad. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. Claire. That was so Thank good. Thank you very much to Claire. We have come to the end. That's the last time. I know there's other people. Thank you very much. I'm sorry we've run out of time, oh. unfortunately. I know. We've people. Having we've such a good time. I only was. It really, really was great. So now we have the very important part, which is the judging. The judging, which I think we kind of already know what's going on. Yeah, we've got a tie. You have a tie. We Here do. we go. Xavier and Claire. Can I please get Xavier, Claire, and Zane to stage? Xavier's well, which is crazy because then we're half a point off between. I know, I know, Xavier I know. It's, it's crazy. Like I know that's that's all right. That's happening. Welcome to the stage, Xavier. Xavier, Claire, Claire and, and Zane, Zane, Xavier, and Claire. Coming up, yep. coming up, coming up. Very good. So now. Okay, so now uh, first prize goes to the tallest person. Yeah, tallest person oh, gets the... We actually have, a, in joint first place, we have Claire and Xavier to come forward. Round of applause. And they will now have to fight like animals. For, no. Well, I mean, do you, which, which, would you prefer the antimatter matters? Or would you... I'm going to ask the adult. Oh, you can choose. You're a better human being than I. Everyone's a better human being than I. Which one would you prefer, sir? Would you prefer Jux or would you prefer antimatter matters? Angelique, well Pick done. Off that there we go. Well done. Career. Yeah. I'm going to look, milk, milk the cuteness whilst it lasts, because after a while you end up, oh, it's bad. Yeah, it <laughs> and then Claire, thank you very much. Also an awesome game. It is, it is a fantastic prize yes, as well. And also to Zane. Thank you very much, Zane. Come up to the front as well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have been. Oh, you can get off our stage. Get off our stage. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of our show. So, can I please have a big, warm round of applause to our judges tonight, Cassandra, Greg, and Natalie? Hooray! Thanks very much, everyone. Have a great time. Break's over. That's all. Back to work for us. Back to friggin' work. <laughs> Making you more content. I hope you enjoyed those, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot of fun with the Woodford oh, Folk Festival. I, I was so disappointed that there were only an hour. Yes, I got I to the end of the third one, and I'm like, I'm just hitting my stride. I could do this for another two hours. We have a lot of fun. And the audience were getting bigger and more excitable each time, so we had a lot of fun. So a big thank you to Mandy McIntyre, who got us in for the Woodford Folk Festival, and to the Woodford Folk Festival in general. If you're in Queensland at the end of the year... You probably already know about it. Go along, have a look. It's really kind of fun and interesting. I honestly didn't know if I was going to like it. I didn't know, you know, a folk festival. That sounds a bit, you know, folksy. Yeah, but, but, there but was, they burn a bunch of shit. They burn stuff. Oh, they, my God. There was a firestorm. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this is so pretty. Jeez, uh, those embers are coming down. Those embers are getting close <laughs> to those gum trees. But it's fantastic. One and thing I know about gum trees, they go off like a firecracker. <laughs> but no one burnt down. It's perfectly safe. No. And and they had, they, it, it made it fun, very exciting. In a fun way. They had, like, a giant puppet the end show, like, and I mean like a two-story puppet, like a, a giant guy wandered around, like a puppet run by 13 people. It was brilliant. And, and the puppet a, cried. And the puppet cried puppet because cried. the trees died, and we were all very sad too. 
so it look and that's that was just the final show on the final night lots of interesting things to see science stuff not science stuff homeopathy as well hmm. but you know I, I enjoyed myself uh, a lot of nice places to have a there was only drink. one homeopathy tent there which two, made it just two. as dangerous <laughs> there were actually two Dan so it's half as dangerous half then. as dangerous that's, that's how they were making sure they weren't too dangerous oh, I, I know you know what we ba- we banned that joke yeah, from the I know, podcast I didn't we I, I, I don't know whether I should even leave that in <laughs> oh well oh well but yes yeah, so come along so we're back to the normal podcast from here on in podcast we've lots of oh my goodness we've got some exciting interviews coming up oh yeah we have quite a few in the bank I mean, we, even on our holidays we were working because oh, we love you so much listeners so we've got a lot of good stuff ahead of us to have this year especially so yes stay we'll tuned see you on the third Sunday of where, when are we now February February third yes. Sunday of February is the next episode yes. we've got all sorts of interesting stuff planned we, indeed we do you have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org and Greg at smartenough.org follow us on Twitter SUTKB Facebook SUTKB go along to iTunes and see whether these stupid <laughs> sons of bitches have let us back into their store <laughs> after their bloody site doesn't recognise uh, SSL certificate it's, oh, it's, all it's been a bloody technical nightmare <laughs> and I'm, fault. I'm just <laughs> hoping that all of your reviews and ratings oh, yeah. haven't vanished into the air oh no which would suck. Oh, no! So that would be a shame. Yes. And it would be a shame if they don't let us back into their store at some point. No, we but if you really do want to subscribe to the podcast, mm. you can do it manually by going to the website, clicking on the RSS feed, and grabbing that link and sticking that into iTunes it'll under the Enter Your RSS Or just go to the webpage and listen to it then. That's what I do at work. There you go. <laughs> or, or subscribe via Stitcher. Yes, get us a Stitcher. You never talk about Stitcher. No, or Stitcher. You can listen. You can stream it from Stitcher. Absolutely. Oh, there's so many options. So many ways. We'll just come round and we'll just tell you what we talk about in the podcast. Come in, follow us around for the day, and and Dan and I will go. Well, then Dan said this to the nice interviewee, and then and then we laughed. It was oh, it'd be the best thing yeah, ever. That may not be the best that uh, be? experience. Oh, okay. No, look, look. I think you should try it once. If you need entertainment, yes, like someone to host. Yeah, like so your event, goodness me! Get on to Greg and me, yeah, because yeah. Greg and I, because we are professional public speakers. Greg, be, Greg and I, and Greg and me. We'd be say Greg and me. Get, get on to me. You, would, you wouldn't say get on to I. You'd say get on to me. So it's get on to me. Get on to Greg and me. Hey, it hey, sounds weird. Get but on to me. It's actually grammatically correct. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, at any rate, <laughs> there is a page on the website called For Hire. Yes, where we provide bits and pieces, and we're not also, just we're not just idiots. I mean, I know we just say we're idiots. We're actually professional performers, and yeah. you may not believe that, but it's totally true. Yeah, and we have been doing this for decades, yep. in one form or another. So, if you need someone to host your event, mm. either seriously or comically, 2016 is the year that you get us involved. Indeed. Also, if you want a website, get onto civicnet.com.au. That's right. Because I, can, I make websites, and they're amazing. And they are amazing. Look, uh, Dan has been running the whole the whole back end of this podcast for five years, and Thank God for that, because it actually is... I, yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't mention the bit where I got us kicked out of the iTunes store. <laughs> that's that's iTunes. That go under the, okay, under good, the good, good. But okay. yes, definitely get it. And also, Song Dojo. That's a new thing. Songdojo.rocks. Rocks. If you're a musician or you know a musician, get them along to songdojo.rocks where they can write a song to a challenge. This month's challenge is from Lee Namo from the Axis of Awesome. Oh, cool. What's, what's the challenge? The challenge is he wants us to write a song about a baking accident. <laughs> I'm actually excited to understand that one. How'd the John Birmingham one go? 
We good, good. Friend mm-hmm. of the show, John Birmingham, yes. challenged us to write a song about a zombie apocalypse. Yes. With an addition of possibly writing it from the zombies' point of view. We got a handful of really fun songs. Good. So, they, is it is it something new and interesting that's been done with these songs? Like new ideas and new. Like, if I go there, will I go? That's really clever. Yes. Good. I know. Go on and have a listen. <laughs> not your, it, Dan. Not your fucking mother. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to, because you're not my mum. I'm going to go check that out. And as we always like to say, Dan's not my mum.